people, 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 welcome back to another pre-recorded podcast of the Arsenio Buck Show, guys, I do apologize, I did want to go live this morning, but I told myself if I could somehow break up the routine of me waking up a little bit late, uh, I want to do it by going running, so I said, you know what, I got two YouTube videos to do tomorrow morning, and I was saying to myself, I said, man, well, maybe I should just get this podcast out of the way the night before, uh, so I could just, after running, of course, I could just hurry up, get in, start doing my YouTube videos and set myself up for a wonderful day. So here it is, guys. Got a lot of different things coming up in the new year. Got videos of me coming up on YouTube in the new year. Be sure to follow me, the Arsenio Buck Show on YouTube, and we're going to kick things off with a bang. But first, we need to finish the sexual mask. So guys, this has been a very, very controversial uh, mask just yesterday, man. I had a lot of plays and a couple of downloads, to be honest with you. And that probably was the highest I've ever got. Why? Because probably goddamn sex was included in the title. So a lot of men were like, woohoo, sex. You know what I mean? Because men are like that. But, anyways, see, a lot of us, a lot of men, they have a tendency of fantasizing about weird stuff. Like, oh my god. A girl approached me, and I took her home, and this is what I've always wanted. Or I've always wanted to have sex with two women at the same time, three women at the same time, four women at the same time. Well, Lewis Hose had a story, whereas he was playing football in college, and one night, his doormate left the door open at about 3.30 a.m., and Lewis Hose, he woke up abruptly to a girl. His pants were halfway down, and this girl was trying to have sex with him, completely drunk out of her mind. And... A lot of men, right off the back, they're like, oh my god, that would be like a dream come true. No. Lewis Hose was actually being raped. And you guys don't even see that. A lot of men, they just don't even realize that. This is the severity of so many situations. After after pushing her off and kept saying stop, he finally flailed his legs more enough and he kicked her off the bed. Of course, he wasn't like on the top bunk or whatever, but kicked her off the bed. She persisted and then finally she went away, but... You guys just don't understand this, man. I mean, these are the dangers. I mean, I'm going to give you guys a couple of stories. I haven't shared these stories with you guys before. Honestly, I haven't shared these stories with anyone. The only person that knows the first story are my quote-unquote friends at the time. Of course, who I no longer speak to because that was like high school. And the second story, I probably told just a handful of people. Um... But I think this is going to really help a lot of you guys out there to make smart decisions. So, one morning, 2006 World Cup, I think USA was playing the Czech Republic. I was walking up the hill is what I call it. Of course, it was probably just a mile from uh, downtown Las Vegas. And I was going to a friend's house so we could go running up and down, uh, you know, around downtown Las Vegas. And this car pulls up beside me. And it's a green car. And I thought I recognized the guy that, you know, was driving it thought it was Mr. Nadelson. He is, I think, a chemistry or physics teacher, of course, at my alma mater, Rancho High School. Whoop, whoop. And he said, hey, do you need a ride? And I'm like, sure. I got in the car and I realized that it wasn't Mr. Nadelson. Um, was I frantic at that time? I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I was 18. A lot of you would be like, well, that's old enough to know, you, you know, not to get in someone's car. But honestly, I thought I knew the guy because he looked exactly like the teacher who was at my alma mater, but it wasn't. He was driving very slow and I was telling him to drop me off in, uh, at my friend's house. And 
He's like, so you're a runner? And he's like, so runners have very nice feet, right? And he kept urging me to show me his feet. I mean, show him my feet. And finally, I didn't know what the term pedophile was back when I was 18 because, uh, well, maybe I didn't read that many books and I just didn't have any state of awareness. My mom didn't even, my mom has probably taught me, hey, don't speak to strangers and don't get into the motherfucker's car. So after acting a little bit frantically, he finally dropped me off, uh, like behind this gas station. I hurry up, got out, went to my friend's, uh, what is it, friend's house. And I don't know if I told her right off. I think I did tell her right off the back because she saw that I was startled. She's like, why the hell would you get in this car? I was like, I thought it was Mr. Nadelson. She had Mr. Nadelson as a teacher. Um, and I only told a couple of more people about that story. Uh, of course, my best friend, Andre, this, uh, Jessica and what is it? Jackie. Uh, who were I was friends with at the time, and of course, one of my close friends, Ty. But this, we've all been through those situations. If it wasn't for this man having his pant, you know, his pants pulled down, Lewis Hose almost being raped by a girl, or, you know, by a woman in college. To me, having this same thing happen, but you know, not the same thing, but having this happen to me when I was eighteen years old, and me saying, "Oh my God, I could have, I could have been in a very dangerous situation." That was a, I don't know who he was, but the thing is, if I was 17, that's a pedophile. That's a sex offender. So then something else happened to me. This is probably a little bit before. It could be one or two years before I went to Australia. I still remember because it was like a 3.30 in the afternoon. And in my neighborhood, it's a predominantly African-American neighborhood, okay? And because it's a predominantly African-American neighborhood, you don't see Anglos around there. You barely see any Mexicans. It's just black folks, okay, for the lack of a better term. And why I call them black is because they are a bunch of degenerates living on generational welfare, okay? And what was so weird, I see a car. And the thing is, in America, we don't have a lot of brand-new cars like Thailand does. All these cars are like 2013 and above. You don't see an old car on the road in Thailand whatsoever. But in America, you do. So I see this Toyota come up, and it was probably only a few years old. And when you see a brand new car, you're like, oh, wow, that's a brand new car. And although it's just a Toyota, it's a brand new car. So this guy lowers his window. He's like, hello. And I remember he had a purple, I think, dress shirt, a gut, a really weird gut, Anglo. And he was like, do you know where Big Five is? And I'm like, you know what? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You're telling me in the day, in the age of technology, you're driving around in this neighborhood for looking for Big Five. Big Five is a sporting goods store. There are no sporting goods stores in my neighborhood, probably in probably a five to ten mile radius. What the hell is he doing in my neighborhood that's very run down with a whole bunch of poor people and run down houses and everything? What's he doing there? And so this is what I was asking myself, and I knew right off the back, I was like, Oh, that's a pedophile. And you know what? I didn't get his license plate number down. I didn't get anything down. And I really kicked myself in the ass for that because I know he probably ended up getting someone into his car who was, you know, someone who didn't have the smarts like me. And I remember he's like, hey, are you? where are you going? I said, I'm going home. He's like, I could take you home. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, fuck no. I'm like, no, I live right over there. Thanks. And I walked away. So... Now you guys understand, a lot of men, <laughs> of course, you guys can read about and hear about these stories on YouTube, too. It's terrifying. 
Now, am I saying all Anglo men are bad? No, but there are a lot of sex offenders in America. There are a lot of pedophiles in America. Those same Americans, those same British and the same Australians, they come to countries like Thailand and Cambodia to commit sex crimes. Sex crimes of humanity against the young, the poor, and of course the poor-minded ones who don't know any better. There are so many different priests living in the slums. Like right around here, there's a place called Klong Thuy. It's the biggest slum in Thailand. And there's a priest there. What the hell is a priest doing in Klong Thuy? He's like, oh, well, I saw this on YouTube. I kid you not. He's like, oh, well, I bought these two kids. First of all, you can't buy kids. But he's like, I bought these two kids off their father for two cases of whiskey. And I'm like, okay, what kind of a priest buys human beings? And what are you doing to those kids? See, I dig deep. And you know what? It's just like that. Oh, what's that show? I forgot it. But it's that crazy hacker guy, right? And this Indian guy comes into the restaurant. He sits down. And this hacker guy comes up to him, sits down at the table. He's like, and he says his name. And he says, oh, but you changed your name when you got this store, blah, 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 blah. And the Indian guy was already defensive. He's like, how does this guy know my original name? He's like, can I help you? He's like, you know what? I love this place. I love this coffee shop because there is such the the fiber optic. The internet is so fast, and it's one of the very few lines out here. And he's like, you know what? It was so fast, and the internet is so fast that it didn't make any sense. He's like, why does this coffee shop have such fast internet? And of course, something scratched the back of my mind, and he said, I knew it didn't come. I knew. I know that this doesn't come without condition. And the next thing you know, guess what? That same Indian guy, he was running uh, a child porn website of 400,000, what is it? 400,000 users per month on, uh, I think, the dark web or whatever you want to call that. And so these are the types of things. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is, these are the stories that Lewis Ho, you know, he put in his book and I start. I'm telling you guys from personal experience, I'm telling you from what actually happens out there in the world in terms of the dark internet, the black internet, the black whatever you want to call that. There's some dangerous shit out there. You got to have the right smarts. And so what we think, oh man, you know, with the women in this, what you think might be such a massive fantasy could turn into pure chaos and that chaos could lead to death. I'm urging all of you, I'm imploring all of you to make the right decisions because there is some sick ass individuals out there. <sighs> With that being said, it's time to top this bad boy off. We talked about everything. We talked about, you know, of course, the double standards. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things um, in terms of, you know, Neil Strauss having the sexual mass, being a player, being a baller. I mean, Hugh Hefner. When Hugh Hefner died, every everyone cried. This was a man that was between eighty and ninety years old who used women as a sex symbol. Again, the priorities of the world is very, very interesting. But what can you do right now? If you're a man suffering from this sexual mask, as a lot of you are, what can you do right now? Lewis Ho said in a book, he says, sex is a perfect way to avoid emotions. He feels, you know, it feels close and intimate, but sex allows a man struggling behind his sexual mask to compartmentalize those emotions, keep them, and focus only on the physical aspects of sex. The problem With a singular focus on the physical part of sex is that it will never be enough. Remember, I told you just yesterday, or today actually, because I'm doing the podcast today. I just told you today. Well, you know what? I just told you yesterday. Whatever you want to call it, I already told you that it's 
Um, what was I going to say? I just got completely lost. The problem with the singular phone. Yes. If you have sex with a woman in the first 24 hours, what else is there left in that relationship? Nothing. That's why I feel that urge and that build up and that waiting and, you know, saying, okay, I'm not going to give you anything for this amount of time and this, that amount of time. I believe that's huge because if you can actually, I don't believe women should have sex in like the first couple of weeks. And of course, a lot of men who have that sexual mass, they'll leave good. But after you give them the sacred nectar, they're gone. You know that. You know it. I see it all the time out here. That's the that's the scary truth. So a man trapped behind this mask is always on the verge for looking for the newest conquest, the next girl in line. And I see a lot of men out here suffering from that. Remember, I told you guys about the, the teacher that I used to work for. I saw him recently. Uh, he was going back home to his girlfriend. He was like, <clears throat> AJ, you want to see some photos? And I was like, photos of what? He's like, this girl's been sending me naked photos. Here, look. And I'm like, you're literally flashing a body of a woman that you're not even in a relationship with to me. And he's like, oh, wait, my girlfriend's calling me. Hey, babe, I'm almost there. I'll call you soon. Here, let's get back to the photo. I swear, I kid you not. This happened on the same day that I got the live, uh, what is it, the live thing in terms of a job, pretty much saying, oh, well, we can't hire you or something like that. Yeah, <clears throat> I kid you not. Same day, same night, same everything. It was on a Wednesday. I still remember. They suffer from this. So many men, especially, I don't give a damn what nationality, what color, what creed, whatever you want to name it. Men come here to Thailand to literally have sex with women, to go to the ping pong shows. I will not elaborate on that. To come out here and to disrespect women and to treat them as just objects. They do that. And that's one of the biggest problems out here. So what's available to you men? out there who are suffering from this when you actually drop the mask, inner peace, worthiness, fulfilling intimate relationships, you know, being able to love someone much more than just their physical appearance, true partnership. Figure out what you are avoiding. Is it responsibility? Is it self-worth? Is it intimacy? Now me? Is it connection, pain, joy, satisfaction? Now me? I just want to throw that in there. Now, me? Okay, I said that like three times already. I And I love it because Rada, one of my close friends, she said there's no such thing as being too independent, Arsenio. And when she said that, it reminded me of what Gary Vee said on a recent podcast. He was like, hey, I needed someone who fit the same lifestyle as me, who has their own life, along with me having my own life. There's no such thing as being too independent. It's just a bullshit thing that society has created. Excuse my French. Are you dealing with a huge void or an overabundance of something you don't know how to handle? Make a list of those things you might be avoiding. And then create an action plan and the next steps you are committed to creating and by when. For example, if you've been avoiding a conversation with your girlfriend, call her tomorrow. Write it down what time you're going to call her. Whatever it is, just write it down. Really, just be honest with yourself. Stop retreating into that sexual mask until it rips off and you can improve your life. The key to figuring this out is learning how to be alone, how to love yourself. That's the best part. Man, I love myself so much, man. You know what? Just sitting here at this desk, as you guys have probably seen uh, in my videos on YouTube, um, 
just sitting here looking at myself and looking at five outstanding students who I've had the pleasure of teaching for one to two years. You know, when I speak to them and I come home, I don't want to speak anymore. I just had a conversation class with these beautiful individuals. So I learned to believe, I love to be alone. If you say Arsenio, um, if I, if a girl comes over to your condominium right now and she's beautiful, would you like to have her over? Uh, I mean, it's 7 p.m. Not really. I mean, I, it's hard for me to even schedule things with people outside of this because I just love being by myself. And a lot of people say, well, it's lonesome. It's lonely. And that, what you mean, man, that's a label that society has, ingri- that in which society has engraved in your head. See, when you're looking for love and validation from the outside, you inevitably lose yourself in the ability to cultivate that self-love because nothing inside you seems as valuable as what you get from someone else. If you don't love yourself, I always tell people, they say, oh, they say, oh well, I do love myself. I'm like, then why are you searching for someone else and you keep t- calling, telling yourself that you're lonely? Well, I do need a significant other because I feel lonely because you cannot... You you drive yourself crazy being alone because you can you don't have that self love for yourself. Just you have to be brutally honest with yourself. You'll never get enough from the outside to fill the void created on the inside, and so you need to learn to be happy, and by yourself, and with yourself. Because if that just never happens, guess what? It's going to be the same thing over and over. I mean, women. If you look at it this way, if you're dealing with the man that's actually that actually possessed this mask find out what his vision is find out what matters to him what inspires him support him in breaking through that mask what makes him feel good in life in work in the world what does he want from his friendships his family relationships his career and his life what are his dreams the more connected a man is to his vision the more quickly the sexual void will be filled vision represents what a man wants what he's committed to and is bigger than what his ego wants. When a man is trapped behind the sexual mask, his vision is blurry. Help clear it up. Help him clear it up. And that is the end of the sexual mask. It's been a wonderful two weeks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to all four episodes. Oh my goodness gracious. I completely forgot to turn that off. Okay, so <laughs> I don't even know why I still have that on. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. All four episodes, you guys can find them on my blogs, you can find them on YouTube, you can find them on Speaker, you can find them on iTunes, doesn't really matter, you can find them anywhere. Just put Sexual Mask Part 1, you'll see my name come up on Google, there I am. And, next weekend, we'll be getting into the aggressive mask. Oh, yes, I'm telling you, man, we're getting into some good stuff now. That Sexual Mask was a very important one, but the aggressive mask, oh. This is going to relate to a lot of American men out here. So, guys, until then, thank you for tuning in. This is your host, Arsenio. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. Over and out.